We've all imagined them, or maybe even seen them on TV or in a movie. Epic conquests that test your outermost limits and change what you believe is possible. Maybe it's crossing an Ironman finish line or finishing 100 miles through the Rocky Mountains. But with work and family and bills, those often seem out of reach for the average guy. Or maybe they're just reserved for the lucky ones who train for a living or have less on their plates. Well, we're just not willing to accept that. Yes, we have jobs and wives and kids, and we certainly aren't pro athletes. We're just average dudes, rejecting an average life. This is the 3OK Runners Podcast. Join the 3OK Runners in this episode as we talk about the dark place. What does it mean to each one of us, and what in the world are we going to do to find that again? Enjoy. Welcome back to the 3 OK Runners podcast. We are gathered again for another episode. This time we are going to visit that dark place that we have referenced a couple of times. We're excited about it. So let's get into it. I got my brother Jared with me and Chiefs with me. And we are excited to talk talk about the difficulties. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it a couple podcasts now. I've kind of referenced this and I'm sure that we were talking about it after the last podcast. Okay, hey, we keep talking about the dark place, but some people don't know what that is or don't know what that means. They're like, what do you mean? You're like running, running with no flashlight? Or what, what does that mean, the dark place? And so... No, it's the phone, you know, yeah. with the flashlight. Hey, if you're going to be dumb, it better be tough. And, and so Jared and I, Jeff was gone. We are doing a four by, one of the 4 by 4 runs, and Jared and I had a really nice discussion uh, during that run, one of those runs about what this topic is. And I kind of let Jared get it started for us, and we'll kind of go from there. So Jared... What when when you're thinking of the dark place, what does that mean to you? How do you get there? Why do you want to go back? Yeah, man, I, there's there are so many things in each one of those parts of that question um, that I really want to dive into. So let's let's start with kind of what I think we mean when we talk about that dark place, right? So um, to me, the the dark place. That, that we're referencing is um, usually late in a, in a training session or late in a race. And it's kind of after your ordinary highs and lows have come and gone. And you're getting into a place that's the, the lowest point, the lowest point of the day. And so um, I think most people that have done any kind of distance training at all will be familiar with kind of the highs and lows that come and go. Um, you know, I, I, I know several times during like long bike rides, you'll have periods of it where you're feeling great. Um, same with runs, you know, people talk about runners highs and they'll sort of feel while they're running a really euphoric state. Um, and then you can feel when you're struggling. And I think the ordinary highs and lows, that's not what we're talking about when we talk about dark place. What I mean when I say dark place is that lowest of the low where you're having an inner conversation with yourself about why am I doing this? Yeah. Um, you may be even saying, this is stupid. I don't <laughs> want to do this. I don't like this. But I think it's when you start to ask those really hard questions to yourself of why am I here right now? Yeah, you get to a, to a point in your mind where it says stop. I mean, that's kind of where my, my dark place begins is when you've pushed yourself so far 
to the point where you're like, okay, your, your mind is literally the biggest tool you have or the most convincing thing that, that you have in your, in your body. And, and, and when it tells you that it's done, that's when you're just getting started. That's, that's when you're ready to, you've hit that zone. You've hit that area where you're going to find out who you are now. This is who you are. You're in a room locked by yourself. There's no music. You strip away everything in a race, right? And even in training environments, David Goggins, he'll even recommend don't, don't do nothing. Don't wear anything. Don't listen to anything. You need to be able to exercise your mind as much as you exercise your body. And I picture myself in a dark room, can't see anything, doors are closed, and I'm, I'm learning about who I am as a person. Back to my genetic level of every, my spirit, you know, you're, you're in a zen-like state where you're getting to find out who you are down to your core and to your soul. Like, does your, do you have what it takes to do what you need to do when you want to do it or whatever it is that you're doing? And it's, a lot of it is you got, you're never going to get there if you refuse to be uncomfortable. You have to be uncomfortable. You have to be willing to go to a place that you've never been before. And that's where it starts for me. Yeah, I think, you know, you have to be uncomfortable. That That's an interesting statement because the discomfort is part of what takes you there. Because in my mind, the the dark place for me is where all of a sudden my mind and my body are telling me different things. And what usually happens when you start off and you're feeling good is, that, you know, all systems are go. And then as the day wears on, as the fatigue sets in, as the time creeps by, things pop up in your mind like, what else could I be doing? <laughs> what is going on somewhere else and those those are kind of you know little distractions and you go through those the up and downs of a race and then all of a sudden you are hit with my body is ready to be done now my mind is thinking well am i ready to be done too and you have to separate those two and the dark place for me starts when you say my body might think it's done but my mind says no we're not done yet and that's the beginning of the tug of war between your legs and your breathing and your nutrition I don't want to eat my stomach's upset you know how long is this going to take like you start doing the math in your head of if I do this it's going to take me this long to finish like that's that's the beginning of the dark place for me it's so funny when you're on a long run you're like the world's greatest mathematician right? <laughs> yeah that's, that's so true. <laughs> i'm calculating everything um you so, know I, I, on that point i think um to me to really to really confront those those dark times um you've got to be hitting it when there's a lot left to go right i mean yeah. if if you think about um, most of your training runs, um, most of the training runs or, or training bikes or whatever you're doing, really, um, if, if you're if you're pushing it outside your comfort zone, it's just by a little bit. Mm -hmm. And by the time you hit that place of discomfort, you're almost done. And I think if 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 you're almost done, you're never going to get in that dark place. No. What what gets you there is I'm at the limit or so you think, and there's a whole lot left after this. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of confronting you of, I don't know how to get this done. And to me, that's when I know, okay, 
strap up because I'm getting ready to go into this battle. Sure. Or can I get this done? That book that you had mentioned this weekend when we were running, Skin in the Game, that's the difference between a race and training. Because in training, you don't really have much of a skin in the game. But when, to me, like you had mentioned before we started the podcast, you get to that starting line and you've made a commitment in your mind that there's two, there's two things that are going to happen. One, you're either going to finish the race or two, you're going to physically break yourself to the point you can't move anymore. That's the only two options at that point. So now you have skin in the game and that's what's going to drive you and that's what's going to push you and propel you to get to places that you've never been. And that's why I think it's important to do some of those great training races when you're doing your training because you've got more skin in the game at that point. Yeah, it's hard to take yourself there in training, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like you can train, you can train. And just like what you said, you can go, you know, I, I jumped on the bike today and I'm thinking, oh gosh, I'm, I'm supposed to do, you know, a two hour bike ride today. Well, that's not that big a deal because once I get to an hour and a half and my legs are hurting and I'm ready to be done, I can go, you know what? 30 minutes. I do 30 minute rides all the time. And that's not the dark place. The dark place is when the end either doesn't seem possible or seems so far out there, it it's hard to navigate how to get there. Because at that point, it's just you and your body and nobody really cares how you feel. So you feel isolated, you feel alone. And at that point, it's, it's just you. And when you talk about learning about yourself, like, listen, you can, you can hang around with people, you can talk with other people, you can have your opinions out there, get other people's opinions. But when you are by yourself, it's you against you in everything you say and do. And that's a difficult one because surprisingly, there is more than one of you. Yeah. And I think and, that's and, a hard and, thing. But oddly enough, you're never more alone than no, when you want to quit. It feels very oh, isolating. That is very isolating. The loneliest feeling in the world yeah. is when you want to quit so bad and there's something I think in you and in all of us that knows that that can't be an option. That's as not a much good option. as much as I want it to be <laughs> on the table right now, there's something in you that knows you just have to take that off the table and say suffering is the better option than quitting. It's part of what you're doing. It's right? part of it, yes. And you in when you're in when you're running a race you're not running against anybody else but yourself at that point. Like when you're doing these long distance and you're getting these, these crazy runs and these long races. And to me, I'm not, I'm not racing against anybody but myself. I'm, I am my biggest competitor. My mind is my biggest competitor. And I get to, I get to enjoy that game you play with yourself of that, that line where you're riding, quit, don't quit. I've got this. I, you know, I don't know if I can keep going and you're just, and you're riding it. And what you're doing is you're changing your normal. You're moving that bar up. By you pushing your limits, you're dragging that bar up behind you. And now tomorrow, what wasn't uncomfortable today is a whole lot more comfortable tomorrow. And you're making yourself better and better and better at mentally and physically. It applies in all aspects of life. In my yeah, and I, I think that's an important point, Chief, is, um, you know, what we're talking about is is relative to, to where you're at training-wise, relative to your experience. Um, you know, I mean, I know... On, on this podcast, you know, we're, we're talking about distances that are, you know, pretty significant. They're, they're significant to us and they're significant in our minds for sure. Um, and I know there's a lot of people out there that are not necessarily, you know, 
doing a hundred mile race. They have no desire to do that. They're not doing an Ironman. Um, maybe, you know, the, the place where they can confront that feeling, the place where they hit that dark, um, zone is, is different. It's relative to where you're at. hundred percent. Um, and I, I think one of the most important things about it is what you have left to do has to be an insurmountable challenge in, in your mind, right? So if, if you're trained and the furthest you've run is three miles and three miles was a challenge and you say, I'm going to go four because I'm going to get in that dark place, four, that four doesn't do it. If, if you've done three, you're talking six, right? That's when, holy cow, I'm not even at three yet and I'm already in that dark place and I'm, and, and that would be halfway. That's, it, that's to me is what it takes is creating a scenario where you're struggling and you're not even halfway. That's just such an important point that we are talking about ultras, right? We're talking about these ultra marathon distances, but your ultra is your ultra. What our ultra is, is a hundred miles. Your ultra might be a 10 K and that's, but that's Okay. That is your challenge that you tackle. And when you pass it, because you will. And if you don't, you come back again and again and again. And you're to the point where your mind says, okay, he, 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 they're not going to give up. We might as well just might as well make it happen. Now, 10K is not your ultra. What's your ultra? A half marathon. That's how it works. That's how this increment, at least that's how we got to 100 miles, <laughs> realistically. <laughs> yeah, that, that's for sure how we got to 100 miles. A crazy idea to see how far we can go and... Uh, I've visited the dark place a couple times. It's nowhere near a hundred miles. So the hundred, <laughs> I feel like I might be starting in the dark place, which maybe, maybe that's a bad thing. Yeah. I think for me, um, the major component in finding that feeling is the effort you've put in. Because for me, when I am out training and I'm going at a comfortable heart rate. I, I feel like there's times when I can go all day. But if I want to just test myself a little bit, all I have to do is pick up the speed, pick up the intensity, and you will quickly take yourself into the, what am I doing here? What's the, what's the benefit here? Your body starts freaking out and saying, you don't have this. You don't, you don't have this speed. You don't have this effort in you. You need to back it off. And that's the beginning of, do you really? Probably not. Like, is that just your body trying to shut you down? Probably so. But it, it's it's a quick reference to get yourself into the, where's my mental state by just increasing the effort? Because for me, every time I reach the dark place, it's because I feel like I've spent everything. But you haven't. And that that's a, that's a major component for me is the effort that you've put in to get to that point. Because it seems like there's so much more effort required. The dark place starts when you're empty. Yeah, for sure. Right? I mean, that's... When, when you it, think you're empty. When you when, when you think you're empty. Or when you are empty. Yeah, maybe so. Right? I mean, some of the darkest times that you can think of in a race um, are experiences that you haven't experienced before. Right? It's a, it's a new low. It's, it's different than what you could have replicated in training. I mean, I think... I think importantly, 
These are not things that happen on a regular basis. These are not part of your regular training. Um, and I don't think they could be. No, no. not the same. The, right? It, no. Because, because no. when you get there and come out of it, um, it's an experience and you need recovery and you're not ready to go back Mm-mm. two days from now. I, no. I, I mean, honestly, a lot of times it makes me question so much why I'm doing something that it might take me a couple weeks to even consider doing anything close to what I was doing. Yeah, what you're talking about is like people finish a long race. I'm never doing an Ironman again, right? A couple weeks later, they're they're looking for the next race. They're looking for that, that drug, that hit again. Because when you cross into that zone and you come out of it, it's like, man. I want that again. What is that? I got to get that again, you know? And I think that dovetails into my question. I want, you know, we're doing a really nice job of the round robin here, but so I'll start with you again, Jared, but why, why is it that you want to go there? What is it that, that got you here, got you into wanting to do this? And then of course you found that dark zone and you fell in love with it in some way or shape or form. So what takes you there? What, what keeps you going there? Yeah. I mean, Golly, there's... That's a big question. It's a great question. It's a huge question because I think there are probably so many things um, that I could talk about to answer that question. But what I know for certain, Chief, is that what's on the other side of that is so satisfying to me that it carries me through it, right? It it makes me want to get to it and it makes me want to get through it. Because I know what's on the other side of that. And, and and not even necessarily in the sense that, you know, what's on the other side of it is a finish line or a, you know, a, a medal or an accomplishment or something I can talk about at work the next Monday. Yeah, I love those things. But I think what's in it on the other side internally um, changes you. It, it changes your mindset. It changes your confidence level. Um, it, it changes what you think is possible. And I think that in any form it takes is a benefit to your life. Yeah. And experience is through, you get, you gain a perspective through experience and those experiences changes your perspective and it gives you more confidence. You look at things in a different light and I know I'll be at work at, at, at times and Nobody means anything by it, but they're like, oh, you know, oh, he's getting ready to do a hundred mile race. I bet he's just going to run there to the race and then he's going to do it. He <laughs> might even win it, you know, which is completely not, not logical to me. Yeah, right. That's not, that's not, that's not, but I, I, it's, it may sound weird, but I treat that, that, that race and that dark zone and this whole experience as a sacred event. And I don't deserve any credit for that, or I don't even want to think about any any sort of accolades until I've accomplished that. That's how much I find this to be such an, a, a a mental event for me that, like, I appreciate people's confidence, but at the end of the day, like, I don't deserve anything. None of that. None of those accolades are, are due to me until I've crossed the finish line. And what what kind of continues me down the road is I grew up. I'm, I've always been competitive. And I enjoy competitiveness, being competitive and, and doing competitive sports, and finding that I was a dad and. In school, I never felt like I really reached my potential as an athlete. I never thought I gave it as much of an effort that I should have. And so I always felt like I left something on the table. And I wouldn't change anything now, but 
there's something there's something that's still driving me back to saying, you know, you could have given more now. So let's see who you are today. And there's a little bit of, of us as children that the the warrior or the or the was always a was always a uh, endeared person in, a, in in culture all throughout history, right? And I've always pictured myself as as a, as that as a of a warrior. I've always wanted to be who. What kid doesn't want to be a warrior, or a Navy SEAL, or whatever it is? And so this is my way of proving myself that I that you know what you are tough and you're 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 tougher than the average person. And and I'm so afraid of being being average sometimes that, that I just, I'm going to get down on the road and I'm going to get old and I'm going to regret, I'm going to regret so many things by not, um, giving everything that I had now and not, I don't want to regret now, uh, what I regret, regret back then in school. So that's kind of what drives me, right? Kind of keeps me going down why I'm doing this, I guess. And so I said, I wanted to get deep on a little <laughs> bit of this, you know, yeah. your guys might be deeper than mine might be deeper than your guys, but I mean, that's what it is to me, man. I really it is. So, and I, I mean, Chief, I can see that you're emotional as you're talking yeah. about it. Yeah. Right. And and I mean, but I, I think that's that's the point, right? Because you're you're getting to know who you really are in these moments, um, and and that can be good or that can be really bad. Yeah. Um, and I think it's look in a lot of ways you're you're scared to confront that person when all the excuses are stripped away. And you can't lie to yourself. Um, that's a scary moment. Um, but I think for me, it, it's also something that you can get better at and you can build on and you can grow from. I can tell you right now, the person that I confront now when I hit that dark place is a whole lot better and a whole lot tougher and a whole lot more resilient and confident than the person I confronted the first time I ever hit it. Right. Um, and, and so it, it's, it's one of those things that I feel like while you can move the limit, you can also get better and better at being that person that, you know, you might actually want to confront at some point. And, yeah. and, and answer that honest question of, do I have what it takes? I, I set a goal and I announced it to myself and I announced it to other people. And now I'm putting myself to the test. Do I have what it takes? Um, and now, you know, I feel like chances are the answer to that question for me is yes. There was a time where I didn't know the answer and I probably doubted it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, where else in my life, I don't know about you guys, but where else in my life do you truly get to battle yourself? Right? Like I have a career, I have a family, I have children. Um, you know, I, I do as good a job as I can trying to research, prepare, teach, and, and bring up what I think is honest, good decisions. But who's doing that to me? And when you get right down to it at 45 years old, there's not a whole lot of other men in my life that I would listen to. And so it falls on yourself. And, you know, truth be told, when I hang around with you guys and I listen to you talk, I, I, I want to, I want to be around you guys more. I want to be around men who are 
are capable and who are challenging themselves. But that dark place is you against you. And when you get right down to the life that you have, nobody's making decisions for you. And nobody's going to own up to your decision, whether it's a good one or a bad one, except yourself. And in my mind, this is uh, an opportunity to test Am I growing? Am I learning? Am I better than I was 10 years ago when I was your age? Have I made any progress? Am I setting an example that matters? Am I, am I testing myself in a way that truly shows who I am? Because in my day-to-day life, I can, I can be what I want and do what I want. And when you just you don't you don't get tested that way. No, you don't no. get challenged. This is one of the few way. places that you can truly challenge yourself, and you can strip away all of the advantages or disadvantages that you can say or do. Yeah, and yeah. it's just you. Well, and I think, Chief, there's also an there's sort of an objective measurement about it, right? I mean, um, what you talked about, it, you know, kind of growing up. And I think, look, the, what you know now in your, your your mental capacity now, um, looking back on your on your younger self is you know probably unfair to some degree, right? Sure. And so um, I think there's a there's there's an aspect of it that um, is I don't know if regretful is the right word that you just you don't understand yourself and life the way you do now Mm -hmm. because you you could have pushed yourself so much more you could have done so much more um and i and i listen i relate to that a lot because um i feel like through what we've done together and and kind of you know the endurance type sports that i've taken up as a as an adult i feel like i've learned more about myself now than i ever knew for the first 30 years of my life. Mm-hmm, sure. Right. And, and I think bec- the, the reason for that is you, you just don't get tested. You just don't get challenged. You don't get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, and that I think is what everybody needs to be after. They need to be after what tests them, what challenges them. Because if you, if, if you don't do that, then you don't recognize what you need to get better at, where you're weak, where you can be stronger, where you can be a better example for your kids, where you can be a better husband to your wife or, yeah. or whatever. You, you just don't know it until you get challenged in that arena and, and see whether you show up. Now, and the longer you live in that unchallenged rut, the harder it is going to be to get out of it. And you, you just are unaware. Well, honestly, and I was this way for a long time, you're unaware that... You could be doing it different. You're one of the best things about the dark place. You touched on it earlier, Jared. Is it makes you evaluate your entire life. Yeah. It doesn't make you evaluate your fitness. That's right. It doesn't make you evaluate. Oh God, it's late right now. I should it makes have had you, that. milk was a bad choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like no, that's it makes you evaluate your entire life. You're and never thinking in that moment. No. I should have been fitter. Right. No. You're thinking what. What am I doing with my life that landed me here? Yeah. And what's crazy about it is as time goes on, you realize that's probably where you should be more often. Yeah. And 
you don't know that until you go through it. You can't tell somebody, it's so great. You're going to hate it so much, but it's so great. They don't understand. No. That sounds silly. Yeah, it sounds ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Why would I do that, right? But the thing is, too, I'm going to challenge you to strip away the excuses. A lot of times, I'm like, I hear all the time, well, I'm not a runner, or I don't run that far. That's fine. It doesn't have to be running that'd be challenging. It could be biking. It could be swimming. It could be rock climbing. It could be CrossFit. I don't know. Whatever it is, but remove. you got to remove the excuse first. The excuse is your biggest barrier right now. Don't don't you think, though, Chief, that it has to be some combination of physical, mental? Yes, for sure. Whatever it is. Yes. It's got to be a place where those two things intersect. You have to exhaust everything to get there. Right. Because to me... um, to me, my my world opened up when I started pushing myself physically to a place that that I don't think I'd ever push myself before. And and look, I I was like you. I I came from a an athletic background, um, and I did a lot of stuff that people would consider pretty hard. Right? I was a wrestler growing up my whole life. I wrestled through college, and people that haven't wrestled always talk about how hard wrestling is. Um, and, and people that wrestle sort of, I think feed into that because you know, there's a <laughs> sense of pride there, but, but, but my, my point is I did what you would think on a surface level is hard. And, and it was, I don't want to take anything away from that, but, but there's another level and then there's another level and then there's another level that you don't even realize is out there and at each one of those levels, you learn something more about yourself. Um, and I think you you get tools that then apply to everything else in your life. Everything else in your life. The things that are completely non-physical, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that I am willing to go out and, and run an ultra or do an Ironman or whatever, I take tools from that and I'm a better lawyer because of it. And that doesn't make sense. Right. But it just is. It is. It is. You, your work gets so much better too. And I, I've said it before, but what you think is a difficult task doesn't seem so monstrous after you've done this exhausting physically, mentally, emotionally run that you've gotten down to the very bottom of who you are and come out of it. And you're like, well, sure, boss, I could gin you up a 12 page PowerPoint. You know, it's not that big of a deal anymore. And you're like, I've done things that are tomorrow, I got a 13 mile run. Like, that's way harder than what I'm going to do today. But, yeah, your perspective changes through experience, and you become a little grittier, a little tougher, a little more calloused to the point where some of those things just aren't as big of a deal as they used to be. Don't you think part of it, too, has to happen when you're an adult? Because when you're going through school and you're, you're, you've are got so many coaches and teachers and parents speaking into you, there there's always um, somebody else there maybe to lean on or maybe to complain about. But once you are an adult and in charge of your own decisions and the consequences of what you decide are on you, that's part of the equation that goes into stripping yourself down to the basics to see if you can do something. And I just don't think, you know, for me, it just wasn't a possibility to learn that about myself until it was me out there. Yeah, I think I think there's two parts of that, Jeff. Um, I think one part is it's a it's a reflective 
mindset that I think gets you to these places and makes you think about what can I do and what can't I do. Um, And I think that that mindset in a lot of ways comes with some age, right? When I was, when I was 17, I just wasn't asking myself the question of who am I? Sure. At, at, at my core, am I good enough? Am I given enough? I, I weren't, I wasn't asking those questions. And so some of it I think is, does come with age. Um, and then the other part, the, the second part of it, I think is, I think as men, we have a tendency to um, sort of fall into what the expectations are for life. 100%. We have a tendency to default to average. And I think there's something in you that knows I've got more than this. I don't want to be average. Um, and so I, I think that's also part of it is you start to realize I've just been accepting the expectations. I've There's been accepting be the average and I'm not sure that I'm willing to accept that. I, I think there's something about that um, that tends to coincide with being an adult. I think that's right on. It's, uh, you know, that was the beginning of my endurance sports career was there's got to be something more. And it, it's crazy how it builds, you know, it's a, I ran a, a leg in the Oklahoma City Marathon way back in the day when it started, and that seemed like so far. And my friends voted me running one of the long legs. I was like, what is going on here? You know, I didn't volunteer for this. And that was the beginning because the feeling of pushing yourself is is not unique. Like lots of people push themselves, and there's there's a reason for that because there's a little reward at the end. There's a little bit of, oh, I can do that and, and that kind of thing. But it's, it's amazing how your life just goes day after day after day after day. And you look up and you're like, there's got to be something more here. This is not mentally engaging me. And then you decide on a hundred mile race. And now it has your complete full attention. And part of the getting to the dark place is the tackling of something that is seems larger than life. You, you know... It- you're exactly right, but here's what I'm going to tell you: the that hundred mile race that we're going to do, that's somebody's marathon that's listening right now. That's some it, it's yeah. relative. We didn't start at that, nor did we even have that. We didn't entertain that thought. You no. you you could have never. I mean, certainly for me, I'll speak for myself. the The idea of running any kind of distance legitimately until I was 25 years old, I would have never entertained. I mean, you can look at me and know I can't run a hundred miles. Right. Um, and so it's, and so to me, what is so fascinating about that dark place is it moves the bar for you. Inevitably it can't not. And that's why I think it is so important to get there. It is so important to get there because it moves the bar and it's, you know, it's Goggins 40%. It's unless you move the bar, you're at 40% of what you could do. And, and everybody, us three included, but everybody, if you asked them, are you, are you satisfied with doing 40% of what you could do? Everyone's going to say no, right? Because they don't know. 
Yeah, and so to me, what's so fascinating about it is we have done this and it's turned into a hundred miles and there was a time we could have had the same conversation and been talking about 26.2. Yeah, right? very much so. And so to me, that that screams do something. Yeah, doesn't matter what it is. It's different for everyone. Yeah. How do you, how do you handle, <laughs> not to take us in a different direction, but... Once you reach that, what do you do? Well, mantras. Mantras is a huge one in the middle of that self-talk. race. Self-talk. Yeah, self-talk. That uh, Just focusing on something. Some, something. And, and Jared had sent us a text about a Navy SEAL, and, and his mantra was, not dead, can't quit. And that, that just, that's four words that realistically speak into what a long-durance event is, you know? And... You have to convince yourself and remind yourself why you're here and what you're doing and what's going to get you to the end. And so whatever your mantra is or whatever your self-talk is, I mean, it's vital. It's super vital, important to get you through the race. And it's, it's important. You got nothing else. You're by yourself. <laughs> I mean, you got nothing else to do. It's that or you just suffer alone. And that if that mantra gives you some sort of spark, you latch onto it. And David Goggins said that. I, I don't remember what race he was doing. And I hate to bring it up again, but... He said he listened to the Rocky theme song for 17 straight hours. That was when he was breaking his pull-up record. Yeah, that's, that's right. what it was. Yeah. He was and breaking his pull-up record. So that's his mantra, but it's the same concept. Well, and and you know what's, to me, I think is probably the best part about that quote that you just said from the Navy SEAL, um, not dead, can't quit. It's it's what, I know it's what I'm going to be thinking about in the middle. It's what I'm going to be thinking about in the middle of this 50-mile race we're getting ready to do. Mm-hmm. It's what I'm going to be thinking about in the middle of Leadville. And it's also what I'm going to be thinking about in the middle of things that are completely non-ultra related. Right. Completely non-physical related. Right. Not dead, can't quit. Right? I mean, what does that not apply to? And I think that, to me, is why I love doing what we're doing is because you learn things that transcend every part of your life. You don't really know that they do, though, you know? It's like when you're, when you're going through it, you don't realize how this is going to apply to your marriage. You don't realize how this is going to apply to how you speak into your kids. And it's, you know, for me, I've since, since my very first marathon, I have one saying that I tell myself every time it starts to get difficult. And that's, I'm a machine. I'm a machine. I'm a machine. I'm a machine. You cannot hurt me. I will not change and I will not stop. And it's, it's lasted me for gosh, 15 years now. But I just referenced it today on the bike. I'm a machine. I'm doing two minutes in big gear. And I'm a machine. I'm a machine. And it doesn't even matter what it is. But it works for me. And when my day is long at work, I'm chanting, I'm a machine in the back of my head. Like, how ridiculous is that? It it just sounds so crazy. But it applies to most parts of my life because in my world... That's something that never stops. And every time I come out of that that dark place, I have this invisible invisible badge on me. Nobody else can see, <laughs> but I know that it's there. I have these badges on my chest. Nobody else sees them, but they're my my awards. That's me there, and and I you know I get to take that with me every day. I get to know that I have challenged myself to the point of quitting, breaking down, and I didn't do it, and I came out of it, and I got to put a put a badge on, and I get to go do it again. I get to go push a little bit farther next time to find that mantra to my machine, whatever it is. But I get to bring that home and put that put that in my cookie jar 
and, <laughs> and, and use it again down the road. And not everybody, nobody even understands what that means. But to me, it's everything. It's huge. So those are great things. And I, I just don't think they can be um, undervalued because they're unique to each individual. And when you come out of it, you're going to feel your own sense of change. And, and there's just no way to predict that from yourself. So the last question I got for you guys is the next time you're in that dark place, what do you hope to learn about yourself? This will be the biggest dark place I've ever been. This will, I think, well, everyone is well, the biggest it, one. You'll hit it in the 50 miler. Everyone oh, yeah, has absolutely. the biggest. Everyone's the biggest you've ever been because it changes your limit. So each time you go there, something new is possible. But the next time you reach it, what do you hope to learn about yourself? I hope to learn that I'm that I'm, I'm as tough as I think that I am. That's that's what I hope. I I've hope, heard you say that before. I mean, honestly, I mean, I, I can't really say it any other way. But to to know that I have the grit that I think that I have, or I can suffer more than the average person, that's what I want to know. You're sick, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think to me, um, to me, what I like to learn about myself is that when I say I'm going to do it, I do it. Period. That's a great one. That's that's what I that's what I always want to learn about myself, um, and it's only true until the next time you try it. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And so no matter how many times you've learned it about yourself, um, it's only true until the next time. And that's, that's to me, um, the chilling part of, of Leadville yeah. is, man, I hope I can, I hope that's still true. It's always been true. Um, in a way it's been, it's been not true sometimes. And I know, and I know that, I know that disappointment, Right. And I know I don't want to feel that about myself. And, um, and so that's the chilling part of Leadville to me is I, I just want to know that when I say I'm going to do it and I try, I commit to it and I, and I put in that effort and training, I want to know that that becomes a reality because I feel like the minute it doesn't, it's going to be a tough thing to deal with. Do you think the disgust of failure is bigger than, than, the hurt of actually accomplishing the task. Do you think that that might motivate you? I, I almost or the disgust would say of, quit, of quitting I, of yourself. You know what I mean? I I, I, w I would almost say, chief, maybe not the disgust of it, the fear of it. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the 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 fear of trying to live with myself after I quit or after I fail. Yeah. Look at yourself in the mirror. Right. That fear is enough. To make me repeat, you know, <laughs> can't quit. That, that, and, and, and so, I mean, really, that it's almost, it's the, it's the, I'm not comparing two different feelings. I'm comparing a ghost to something I know is real and I'll mm -hmm. take the real every day. Yeah. Yeah. You think there's a chance we get um, a couple of different dark place experiences in one race with Leadville? I think a handful. Oh my gosh. At least I, a handful. I actually think they'll keep happening over and over. Um, yeah, that's an amazing one. You guys, uh, the dark place, you guys talk about it a lot. Um, sometimes I feel like I'm living it, 
but this is a great way to say, you know, everybody's got their own um, self-imposed limits. And it's really hard to change those talking about them. You have to go out and physically and mentally change them for yourself. Somebody can't do that for you. Um, so this is this is a great place to kind of shut it down. Uh, we got a hodgepodge of beers we're having today, right? We're cleaning out Jeff's fridge left over from the weekend. Thank you, Jeff. We got Erwell going on, Founders All Day Session IPA. And this is a little nod to my wife's brother, Mark. I am drinking Elysian Space Dust IPA. Um, so you guys, we are so happy that you guys joined us. Uh, look us up on social media. Uh, Chief will give all of our handles because I have a hard time with those. So, Sheesh. I don't know. You're, <laughs> it's, it's, so I'm it's at Savage Navy Chief at Instagram. We got th- 3OKRunners at gmail.com. Iron Man Lawyer on Instagram. And I think Twitter too, right? Yes. Yeah, and then Jeff. Perfect. Jeff Boyer, 75. 75. That's, me. Yeah, was, that's yeah. the year I was born. Not that you guys are, are old enough to know that. I wasn't alive. No. <laughs> I, th- I thought you were like a lineman or something in high school football. <laughs> that's my so, number. That's my I number. I was like Jeff the nose guard. That's on my letter, letter from jacket. Back to the nose that's guard why, that's why you want us to call you El Jefe. I get it all right. <laughs> you so, guys, thanks for joining us. Um, stay tuned for our next couple of episodes. We're going to hit up the race that we're going again down in Cleburne State Park in Texas for the 50 miler. Uh, that's April 17th. And we are also going to uh, dive into a little bit of information for those of you out there that are just beginning. Uh, we would love to tell you how we started and what we thought about when we were running uh, three miles. So you guys uh, have a great evening and we will catch you soon.